Hey, that was wonderful worship uh, for the worship team. Thank you. Um, one one thing when you haven't uh, when you kind of get together with people you went to school with, and Gary, I'm sitting here thinking, 2021, I went to North Central 80-84, and Gary came sometime in there. Carrie, you were there too, right? Um, just a few years later. But uh, there's a lot to reminisce about, so I've got to be really careful with that. But uh, um, I will tell you one story that's kind of funny. Oh, by the way, the whole Keith Green song you just sang, um, uh, I had a, my wife is more like the church girl, you know, sleeping under the pew, born and raised in a good Christian family. Uh, and uh, North Dakota, Minnesota girl. I'm a little more, I'm a Wisconsin boy. But so we intersected there at Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis at the school. But uh, I came to North Central, uh, just just became a believer as a young man, age 16, in 1978. And, uh, you know, Keith Green, the album No Compromise, really discipled me. The night that I, a little Assembly of God Church in Wausau, Wisconsin, um, on a Tuesday night, I didn't even know God worked on a Tuesday night, but on a Tuesday night, God gets a hold of me. And I come to the front, and I kneel down, and I give my life to the Lord. And there's, of course, there's a whole story of how God brought me to that point, but I got up that night, went home, first thing I did, you know, there's, none of my family was going to church, and I, I, I wasn't even going to church, and I just was invited to a little evangelism going on at the church, and I go home, and I go, I had a 1974 AMC Gremlin, pull that baby in, park it, and I go, in the house, up to my room, I grabbed this stack of rock albums, really, really good ones, actually, <laughs> and I go out in the garage, and I take a hammer, and I broke them all. I mean, that's just how God got a hold of me, and, and I, I started listening to Keith Green. And, I mean, it really it discipled me, and you singing that song again just brought back some memories, very, very precious, and I was thinking of you up here, Gary, and thinking you and Carrie, and... I was with Tom Fangmeyer and Gary Wildman in, in uh, March as well, and other ones who have now 30, 40 years still serving God. Heidi and I uh, were in pastoral ministry roles, mostly in Wisconsin, for 20 years. We led 10 short-term mission trips during those years, and then in 2005, God called us full-time. So now we've been doing missions ever since. We're kind of going for 2020 here, one more term, and we'll have 20 pastoring and 20 admissions, and we'll see, but uh, God is good, God is faithful, and thank God that we've been faithful to this point, and appreciate your ministry and your love for God. One little story I'll tell you about Gary, and he's probably still mad at me about this. <laughs> you know what I'm going to tell him about? You had a little red truck. Um, do you remember? Was it green? Um, I thought it was red, but maybe it was green. But uh, we were going somewhere at North Central. We were just running somewhere. And I, uh, he was going to turn right on this one road. I said, no, 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 go straight. And it was my fault because he pulled it back to go straight. And when he pulled it back, a car was coming by, passing him. And guess what? Caught his, <laughs> caught his fender. I was thinking about this last night. 
And, and I just start laughing every time. <laughs> because when we came out and we looked at what happened, his fender was like at a perfect 90, like half of it was pointed out and it, it's like it had a big horn. <laughs> Gary, I still left. The what? Yeah, I don't remember the fluid. I just remember you had a horn on your car. <laughs> but how it just, the car going by just caught the fender right at the edge and just brought it straight out. And the other half was still hooked on and he just had this big horn. And no, they, they weren't, and I think I was laughing, <laughs> and I'm still laughing 40 years later. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, I owe you a fender, I think. <laughs> See, here he's been holding this for a long time. Anyway, okay, we got to get to Moldova sometime, right? Wow. Anyway, this, this is my wife, Heidi. You know the Seals and Crofts song, remember? Darling, if you want me to be closer to you, get closer to me. Anybody remember that one? All right. So come on over here. Um, so this is my wife, Heidi, and uh, she loves Moldova. We love Moldova. You know, we still walk out our door in Moldova like the first day we landed there. It is uh, in our heart. Uh, we could have easily stayed there. and uh, but. Every, every four years, we got to come home, and it's our year home. We came home in February. So we're having a tremendous year. We have people online, too. All right. Hello out there in online land. Um, don't, don't, uh, don't turn off that channel. Um, you're going to like this. We have an incredible report to share. And I'm going to let my wife start things out a little bit and just uh, introduce you to our family and get us moving towards Moldova. And I'm going to catch my breath, let you put your seatbelt down, because this morning is, we have an incredible report. But uh, anyway, I'll let my wife share first here for a few moments. It's all yours. I think he showed our age a lot <laughs> between songs and stories. And he owes you a fender, <laughs> now that you know it's Troy. Anna, we say Anna. I almost called you Anna. We say Anna in Moldova. Your voice is gorgeous, beautiful voice, beautiful worship today, absolutely beautiful worship. All three of you, all, all four of you, Gary, all of you did a great job. It was really good. Can you tell, remind me to ask what songs those were? Because I'd like to find out. Okay. Um, we, it's great to be here. This church is gorgeous, absolutely beautiful church. Um, we have three kids, and they're awesome. Jotham is... 34, no, 37, Blake is 34, Heather is 29, all of them are married. Jotham gave us two great, two wonderful um, grandchildren. Declan is four, Dodger is two, and our youngest son just gave us another grandson, and he's three months old. So we're really excited. It's super fun to be back home, and it's super fun to be with family. I love Moldova very, very much and it is really become home home in my heart and home just life is there is home for me and i do miss my family so when we are in america that's the best part is being with family and just um, holding and cuddling the grandkids and just be um, hanging out with family and bonfires and etc but moldova is beautiful 
sunflowers and all kinds of things. It's gorgeous there. But the people are fantastic. They are warm and lovely, and it's just so wonderful to be part of their lives. It's a privilege to wake up in the morning in Moldova and be part of their lives. I enjoy being with the young women, and I also enjoy being with the babushkas in the villages, and they're a lot of fun. Zina and the bottom, who I'm hugging, I'll just give you her story. She is a wonderful lady. She um, accepted the Lord many years ago. She's the pillar of the church, and my favorite thing is, is every time I go to her village and I see her, she tells me with her little finger, I pray for you every day, morning, noon, and night, and she does, and it's awesome. She has our prayer card in her Bible, our names in her Bible, and I really believe in my heart that because of her, we have the ministry that we have in Moldova. She loves her people, she loves her country, but she's the prayer warrior that has kept us going. I really believe that. Um, one thing that I really enjoy doing is going out into the villages and just just hearing their stories and just hanging out with the people there and also loving on them. Our churches in the villages are great. They give food, they give items that the people need and etc. And so it's fun to go with them and just uh, hear, like I said, hear their stories and share the share the. Uh, their joy, share some joy with them from the Lord. Alexander is my dad's age, and he's a jokester like my dad, so when I saw him, we did a lot of laughing. The other family is Vasily and Viorica and Tudor. And this family, they really struggled in the beginning of their marriage. They were doing drugs and alcohol. They didn't have the little bit of money that they had. They spent it on that. When they got pregnant with Tudor, they didn't have diapers, they didn't have food to give him. And so the church came behind. There wasn't a building there yet. You'll see the new building soon when Troy talks. But there was a family there that had a home church and they really wanted to reach out to the people in this village. And so they came to their home with food and with diapers and this, et cetera, and started talking about the Lord little bit by little bit. Viorica gave her heart to the Lord. Vasily was very upset and started beating her and did not want her to be part of the church. But she started praying for him and believed that God would change his heart too, which today, Vasily works in the church, makes food Monday through Friday for the elderly and for the children that come to the church, and he loves God with all his heart. Um, Tudor, their son, is now on the worship team, as well. So every Sunday he's up there worshiping the Lord on the worship team. And um, him, uh, Vasily and Viorica, the husband and wife, were the first ones to be water baptized yeah. at Amen. this church. So God did a transfer, uh, transform this family. It's really been uh, wonderful to see them every Sunday. So we, these are the people we miss <laughs> and um, are excited to go back to. Right, I'm going to just set this here since I have one. Um, yeah, let's continue with Moldova. Uh, we'll, t we'll mention that couple in a moment when we show you the new church that they're a part of. And, but uh, here's Moldova between Ukraine and Romania. Now, as Gary mentioned, it's somewhere over there in that former, one of those former Soviet republics. It is, it, it probably looks like it's a part of Romania, and at one time it was. 
Moldova is a country today 30 years old next month. And uh, we have been in this new country for almost half of its, of its existence, which is very interesting to watch this uh, country try and develop. But after World War II, Stalin chopped off that northeast corner of Romania, and it became part of the USSR. And in 91, August of 91, it declared its independence along with so many of the other former so, uh, Soviet republics. And uh, it became its own country. Um, had a brief civil war there. Uh, um, at one point, it was going to reunite with Romania, but uh, there were a lot of Russian people who had been transferred in over during the Soviet times to Russify the country. And so there was some conflict there. But it settled down somewhat and became its own country. And uh, today it's Europe's poorest country. Most things you read would refer to it as Europe's poorest country. It, uh, it's, uh, they speak Russian and Romanian. Slava Domno Lui, Slafit Sofia Domno, you know, the praise, the glory belongs to the Lord. But we also hear a lot of Spasiba, uh, Ochen Harasha, you know, and all some of the Russian stuff, and Slava Bogu. Um, which would be praise the Lord in Russian. We don't know both. We're trying to learn Romanian. Every day is language day. You step out of your door, it's every day is language day. Sunday when you go to church, it's language day. You're always, always just trying to learn. But uh, this is a beautiful country. There's definitely got its problems. You can see some of my lists. This is Europe's fastest shrinking country and one of the faster ones in the world. Uh, almost probably up to a third of the uh, working population is outside the country sending back money. Um, you go through many of the villages. We live in the capital city of Chisinau, which is about 700,000. A lot of Soviet-built apartment blocks. And uh, just that, that overhang, or the, you got this uh, umbrella of the, the former Soviet Union. I think Moldova's a very interesting mission trip. You know, my wife and I led a lot of mission trips down to Latin America. Um, our, our tenth mission trip was actually with Andy and Nancy Rotz, who I knew from way back in college days as well. Nancy actually was on my Bible quiz team when I was at Maple Grove, and uh, Chuck Pruitt from Princeton was the, was, the path, was the youth pastor. So anyway, we were there. I was, I was in ministry down in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and took a Missions team from our church to Moldova, never had been to Eastern Europe, and within a day or two of returning, we knew God had called us to full-time missions, and, and the journey began in 2005, and here we are, 2021, we're still talking about Moldova, and we have incredible relationships now, um, and what God did in this past year, 2020, 19 and 20, our last couple years before we came home here for this year of itineration is just incredible. Um, 20 churches in 2020. It was, uh, it was March, March, April of 2019. And I'm kind of just minding my own business. We live in an apartment in, in uh, pretty much the center of the capital city. And I'm just working on stuff. You know, we have some mission teams my wife and I have done a lot over the years with university students and, and student ministry as well as hosting mission teams and different church projects, you know, that we've done. So a little bit of a combination of those, those areas. Uh, 
And 2000, in the spring of 2019, um, I'm just starting to think about 2020 because it's our last year in Moldova for this, this term and, and then it's going to be time to go home again and do this year of itineration. And I'm starting to think about 2020 and this is the spring of 2019 and 2020, 2020. And all of a sudden I kind of feel this impression and, you know, a lot of times we don't know, it's just our thoughts, or is this a God thing? Have you ever gone through that? And I had this, like, thought come in. And I had a scary thought after I had the thought that this might be a God impression. And that's what scared me, because it was like, the thought I had, the impression, 20 churches in 2020. And, and I remember physically getting up from... My, my office area, and going to the kitchen or just leaving the room and getting a coffee, getting myself distracted because I thought this might be God and I wanted to kind of like move on from that thought. It, it was too much. We, might, we usually may help with about four teams a year, three, four, maybe five, you know, besides some of the other stuff we had been doing with the student and campus ministry. You know, as mission teams come, and Moldova's a great mission trip, just, just everybody has a little bit of schooling, or you've read books, or you've seen movies, this whole Soviet kind of backdrop, and when you come to Moldova, you can sense that and feel that, and it's this small country with this Russian-speaking and Romanian-speaking, 65% ethnically tied to Romania, but you got you know, Ukrainian people there and Russian people, and it's just the whole history. So it's very, very interesting, and it's a great mission trip. But I, 20 churches in 2020, it was really too much for me to really consider. That was like so far over the head of what we've normally done, and I thought this might be God. But I, I literally just got myself distracted well over the next week or two. This began to get stronger, and it was moving. Is this just my thought to God? God is saying this. And I'm thinking, what do I do with this? 20 churches, God. And I really was, uh, I didn't know where to go. But I just began to say, okay, God, I don't know how this is going to work. And, you know, I'm not so good with advertising or marketing or promo or making videos or doing this and that. But I just said, okay, God, we'll just start, start to take some steps forward and see what you got with this. And long story short, my daughter, who's, who's better with that stuff, made me a little flyer. I made a lot of contacts with a lot of my friends, found out if anybody had a home church, you know, which is like a glorified small group, you know, most churches start out as a little home church. Just talk to some of my friends, some of our leaders, and of course, over this many years, I have a lot of relationships now in Moldova, and just began to get an idea who might be ready. And I was really targeting, as a missionary, we're targeting new places, right? Where the church is not is, is the goal, helping build, establish a new work. And I'm moving things along fast. My daughter, I, have, I find 20 places, and I make a little brochure. I, I could show it to you in my, in my I got, still got some with me. And uh, 
I put a price, you know, I kind of put a price tag on what, what we need, what we can do. We had different phases from buying land to if they had land, maybe putting in the foundation. If they got land in a foundation, maybe we help with phase one, like doing the framing, the rough framing and building it to the roof, maybe some windows. If they got that or, or got some help with that, maybe we can finish phase two inside stuff. So the, I'm not a very good construction guy. This is just kind of things I'm thinking. And uh, we came up with this list of 20 here. And I have on my brochure, and they've got from anywhere from five to 20,000. And I don't know where this money's coming from, Gary. It's just, okay, we got 20 churches, God. And uh, we got some money from talking to these people. This is kind of what they could use for this church to begin to go forward. And just to fast forward the whole thing now, God helped us to work with 20 projects to see this done in 2020. And this is an absolute miracle. We're, of course, you know, a lot of this stuff is being put together and all the contacts and the brochure. And I'm not home itinerating, raising money. I, I'm in Moldova. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm just making contacts in different way. Don't, don't even know. I don't, I'm not a missionary that goes around and I'm just like raking in money all over the place. Um, so I was, how, God, how are we doing this? Got 20 churches probably averaging 10 to 12,000 each. This is like over $200,000, God. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, in 2016 when we were home itinerating, we, we, for the year, we went out every Sunday and we're sharing in different places. And, and at the end of the year, we raised the extra monthly support we needed, which you know missionaries need. And I had $50,000 in my account from offerings and different things. And I thought, man, we had a great year. We're going to go back to Moldova. We got our monthly amount set and we, are, we got some cash to put to work. So, man, good job, home itinerating. And so you understand, I'm in Moldova, and I'm looking at this guy, $200,000. Where is this coming from? How are we going to do this? I'm just trying to show you how big this was of a, of a step of faith. And then let me throw in, once 2020 comes, of course, this is 2019, taking this step of faith to believe God, put this together, target these places. What happens in 2020? COVID, right? You know what else happens? Six mission teams cancel on me. COVID hits our country, and just like every place else. And God still did this. I, I'm, I just want you to know how, how this was such a huge thing God did. You're going to get to see some pictures. I can't show you all 20. I could, but look at this. Boragon, Boshkana, Bubuyesh, Kainar, Katrana, Chisinau. That's the capital city where we live. Chimishen, Churesh, Korlaten, Krikova, Dolna, Yorjolesh, Hirjalka, Humalesh, Marishen, Mikliosen, Petresh, Rodeni, Vex, Goren, Vatalui, Voda. These places have ministry going now. I would say, uh, I know two are in process right now. One has got the land and partial facility, but otherwise, I'm pretty sure all the rest are up and going having church today. Absolute incredible stuff. And let, let, let's, let's look at, I can, like I said, my wife and I have been to all these places. We have met with the leaders. We have prayed. 
uh, some places we put together a little team in Moldova and worked on them. Uh, there were some teams that got to work on a few of these, uh, not in 2020 because all my teams canceled, but um, just we've, we preached, we prayed, we've been to these places, just incredible stuff what God did. Here's Vada Louis Voda. And God takes this piece of land, and in 2017 and 18, we build this, which is one of the first wood-framed home, uh, homes, uh, churches. And this is on the main drag, and we noticed, uh, yeah, you can, you can move us along. This thing gets, gets done over a couple years, and this wasn't the 2020 project. What was the 2020 project was that this place needed a larger sanctuary. That's a good problem, right? And um, this is what we believe God for, and God did this. And right now, this is happening. This actually, to show you how God, even up to the last day, getting on the plane, February 14th, we left Moldova, coming home for our year, February this year. And I'm at the airport, and Sergey and Lena lead this church. And they gave us a ride to the church. We got like four trunks and a couple carry-ons and one suitcase. They drop us off. We're ready to haul our stuff into the airport. Last thing I do, and God provided this, and God, God helped us to get the stamps and the approvals and the signatures the week before. We had been trying for a year to get the approvals to build this. The week before we got it, and I gave $15,000 to Sergey for the church in Vada Voda. And this thing started in March, and this is, they're having church in there now. Look at the inside, they are this, they're this far, the next one more photo, last one in Vada Voda. This is done, basically. I, and I, I gotta tell you, we, we didn't build all these. We took a step of faith with the amount, which was even more, I didn't know where the 10,000, the 5,000, the 15,000 was coming. But God always, he took the churches much further. And we didn't build all these, but we, we were such an impetus for these pastors. And, and it was a, just God wanting to do this. And he, God knew COVID was coming, and he didn't care. <laughs> he said, I want to build some churches in Moldova. I got some new places. I want, to, I want to get some ministry going. And Moldova, people don't just flock to the churches. They're the evangelicals, that's us, in, in that religious culture of the world, they kind of push back against us. The government doesn't. We have religious freedom now, but we run into problems. So when you see people in these churches, this is, God is just doing some wonderful things. But this, this church, they, they met today. They're eight hours ahead of us. And this is incredible that this is like this already. Um, Bubuyech and Humalesh, this is two places. So Bubuyech, this is a church. Uh, I remember kneeling in the dirt there with babushkas and the church we had walked down. This is a couple terms ago. Kneeling in that dirt, praying and believing God for that church. It was just a little home church. We got the first floor done. We finished the second floor last term. By, and we were reporting. We didn't get here in 2016, but we were reporting on that project. But the, th the 2020 project is this church mothering this little church in Humalesh. Sunday mornings, they have a beautiful church in Bubuyech. And he kept, Pastor Sasha kept telling me, Troy, we're going to Humalesht. We don't, it's such a small little village. There's only like 700 people. But we go there now for two years in the afternoon. 
They don't even have their own little store to get bread and milk. It's, they don't even have a meeting place. Many times they were just out in the, this little rough little soccer play, play area, and they would just meet. And he said, if we, can, if we can find some kind of place, I know we're ready and people will come. Well, we bought this property and this house and the little house. New roof, added that, tied in that back area to the roof, gutted the area, moved the door down, new windows, the whole thing. And today, uh, children, Monday, Friday, they're coming. Probably maybe 30, 40% of the children of this village are coming. This is the community center. This is the church. They, they don't have any church. This is the first church. And it was set up for COVID here. But very beautiful. It has this kind of woodwork on the ceiling. You can't totally see it. But this house became the church. I, I love this project. Let's go on. One more. Well, actually, a couple more. Nikleo Shenandona. So the, the church behind there was a new one. They had this slab. And when I, I met uh, Niku in Nikleo Shen, I just loved him and his wife. And they're kind of like go-getters. And, and they had planted one other church already. This one was a little more established, but they only had this small facility. And I just knew they needed a bigger place, and I believed that they were going to be planting other churches, and they need, like, the mother church to have a bigger space. And it ends up, this is about the size of what we built. You see it behind Niku and Veronica. So right behind them is the new church, and that's finished inside, the flooring, the, everything. So praise God. And it's, uh, it's about this size. So the mother church here for Hazum and also Dolna. Now, his wife, Veronica, about five miles down the road is from Dolna. And so first we, we helped Mikleo Shen get that bigger church. That was a 2020 project. And God took us further than we thought we would get to go. And, and that thing is done now. They're, they've had church there this morning. Well, five miles down the road, Dolna, is where his wife was born and raised. About 2,000, 2,500 people in this small village. And right behind that little center area where you saw the last picture was this, they, they had this property. And he's telling me, we, we, we've been having evangelisms, we're using this little house, it's really not, not safe. Sometimes we just meet on the ground in the courtyard, but people are coming. And we start talking and this okay. This is a 2020 project. Let's let's go for it. And we got the land excavated. We got this foundation in. And I remember being in this corner, standing in the the corner here. Yeah, right. I'm gonna run over here, right down here. Nico and I standing there, and we're like the happiest campers in Moldova. Just as we're looking out, and it had just gotten poured, and you got this beautiful concrete slab, and we just we feel like the church is all built. We're amazed that we're at this point. We got a slab. This is really happening, and God's provided, and we're on our way. We don't know what's happening next, but we're just all excited because look at we've got a slab, <laughs> and. I'll tell you what, this was September. This, this project, 20 projects, we got stuff going all over the place. You know, 2020 ended up being a pretty busy year. And God is just like going crazy in Moldova. And anyway, we th I thought, you know, the money I had for them, this is about what we got to. Maybe we had a little bit of money 
to buy some materials, but we couldn't start the next phase. We didn't have enough money. But we're just happy. I don't know. We're, now we can meet on the slab or something in the warm weather. I don't know what we were thinking, but we were excited. Well, in September, out of the blue, this, this project is so unique. Here comes this gift for $5,000. Unsolicited. I told you, I'm not a big marketing guy. I got a Facebook page, just mine, and I just put ministry stuff. I'm not, I don't like to do, I don't do a lot with Facebook, but I'll just every now and then kind of give a little update and a few pictures on one of the projects. But here comes this gift for $5,000 from, from this couple. And God takes that 5000 and over a month, it multiplies to about 35000 And I'm like going, whoa, whoa, here's some more money. And then the church had a contact and somebody, and look what happened to this church, really, from that slab to about November. This thing just starts to go up. These funds came in. And the first week of January, this is what we're having, church. Gary, you know for that thing to be finished like that, it's unbelievable. And I'm telling you, we're standing there looking at the slab thinking like, praise God, look how far he brought us. Little did we know that God was going to finish this thing out in the fall. And, and they had church today. Is this incredible stuff? <laughs> I just... I'm up here like a little kid. Every, you know, we had last Sunday off, but I don't think we'll have a Sunday off now till Christmas. But it is so easy for me to get up. You can tell. I'm just like a little kid in a candy store, just telling. Look how great this is. Look what God did, and this this church. They're they're going. Here's a here's a couple that are underway right now. Cheresh, you know, what do you see there? Anybody, anybody see a church? <laughs> anybody got a little faith here? I mean. My faith has risen so much. It's like, I just look at this, oh, God's, God's on that. And that thing was tore down in, in April or so, and I'm sure they're already putting the foundation in. This is good friends of ours, Pastor Victor. My Speed Delight vehicle is at their house. 15-year-old Speed Delight vehicle. Praise God for our young people. And we love our car. We're going to go back. We're going for 20 years. We love our Speed Delight vehicle. I'm not getting a new one or selling it. So... They're watching my speed light vehicle. Um, and this church, while they wait for their church for the last two years, been meeting in this little patio area. There's a small room in the house the kids meet. And they just serve and love the community. I think this is about 3,000 this village, two to 3,000. Just bless them, poor people, minister to them. It's a four-season climate over there, not quite as cold as Minnesota, but it's a four-season climate. Lots of ministry, so just loving the people, serving the community, and when we get the church built, the people are open and, and receptive. Anyway, that one's going up. Here's another one in Kainar, and this one is pretty exciting. A little bit, you can see the village look. Here's Mihai. So, as I told you, a lot of these churches, they start like the little home church, right? If you've been in a, if you are or have been in a small group, you know, you just meet in the bigger room in, a, in the house, and you have, well, his room here, he puts these chairs, he comes across these little fold-down chairs somewhere, and he wanted to make his little room feel like a church. So they got seating there for 19 people. Well, they had this piece of land, and one of our bishops from the central region, uh, Romika, right there standing with him, is telling me about Kainar. We take a trip, and we go driving around and meet Mihai, and we go, this has got to be a 2020 project. And we add it to the list, and... Uh, 
Uh, this is just from this spring. Uh, some of these places, you're going, oh, Troy, this is 2021. What do you mean this is from the spring? Well, it, it was a 2020 project. Some of them had problems with the stamps and the signatures and the approvals. That we go through that red tape over there. But this foundation is in now. And guess what? A church, I believe it was from Atlanta, they sponsored a container. And in that container is windows, roofing material, OSB, hardware. And, and as soon as that foundation, I'm sure I just wrote Romika. I said, can you send me some updates? I was hoping I had a few updates. But I'm sure they're framing this thing up already. And they'll be having church in there uh, uh, probably before this summer is over, if they're not already. This is one more. Like I said, I can't show you all 20. I could. I gotta, this one's really cool. You know what this was? This is a former Soviet library. Now, does anybody see a church? Anybody got some faith? You're going to catch on to this. You know, you're going to start to see these things by faith. So, pa Pastor Georgi, that's George, he's talking to me, Troy, and we go, we got this place in Rodenivec. Now, he's in Ungen, and that's right on the border with Romania, right across. And he's saying, Troy, we're going to Rodenivec, and we got people coming. Come and take a look at us. We just need a place, and we can get a church going. So, George and I go out there. It's a beautiful area in this beautiful forest area of Moldova. And uh, I said, okay, 2020 vision project. We're going to go for it. Well, we go for it. Uh, start retrofitting this thing, tearing down trees, new roof, the exterior, the inside. And this is happening now. And behind, that, behind him where he's speaking, the kids... Uh, ministry going on there, and Sunday services. Just praise God. Unbelievable stuff. So, the 2020 vision. That's, that's what God did out of a little thought that, that scared the heck out of me, <laughs> really, in the spring of 2019. Now, I remember when my wife and I were getting ready to come back, and you know, you're always kind of thinking about when you come back, and we're going to be going to churches every week. What are we going to share? Well, obviously, we had lots to share. We're working through pictures and uh, kind of putting things together. And in the beginning, I was showing too many pictures. I, you know, I just felt like I had to show everything. We kept whittling it down because I was going too long in the services, probably like today. But I remember all of a sudden going, okay, we got a great report, but what are we going to tell them we're going to do when we go back? So we've got an exciting thing to report what we did, but what are we going to do going forward? And guess what? God gave us another 2020 vision. And I've got to have you just like forget the old one now. All those pictures, you can remember it, but this is a new 2020 vision. Let me explain. When you think of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, he's doing one of two, missionary Paul, okay? Saul becomes a believer, is Paul, and becomes... Missionary Paul to the Gentiles, right? And kind of like, I don't know, chapter 12, 14 to the end of Acts, Paul is doing one of two things. He's either going into places where there's no church and he's building, establishing a new church, or on his second, third missionary journey, he's coming around and he's strengthening the churches that he helped establish, right? Pretty simple. And so our 2020 vision is building and strengthening the church. This is what we want to do. We want to go back. We want to build another 20 churches at $10,000 each as money that will be impetus, that will, that, will, that will help be an impetus to target 
a new place where there's no church, work with a mother church, work with, with a good church that is ready, has a home group meeting somewhere, and they're ready, and we want to help go and build 20 new churches. Not just the physical building. We do evangelism. We do all kinds of things. When you guys come as a mission team, you will help with one of these projects. Did you notice that faith there, how I spoke that? <laughs> when you guys come. And we will do evangelism. We'll do kids' ministry. Anna, you guys, you're going to all be singing your hearts out. They're going to love you. It's gonna, you're going to love Moldova. And, you, and we're going to just visit in homes. And we're going to be getting our hands dirty. We're going to do it all. That's what we do with teams. And men and women and young and old. and Just come. Come. So we're going to build. We're going for another 20. And the other 20 is we're going to strengthen 20 at 5,000 each. And that is the 20 that I just told you about. I want to go back, and I want to go to Pastor Georgi, Pastor Niku, Pastor Sasha. I got $5,000. How's the church in Humalesh doing? How's the church in Mikleoshin? How's the church in Dolna? How's the church in Redenivec? I got 5000 What can we do in evangelism? What kind of resources do you need? What do we need to strengthen you to continue to have influence and become stronger in your village? So you get it? Just what Paul did. We're missionaries. Paul is a missionary. His job description is my job description. It's just, I'm just, we're just simple people, and we can do this. Now, last thing. Everybody catch that? That's pretty easy, right? It's easy to grab handles. One thing I have that I don't tell you about, but this is just like, I just got the faith now, and I don't know how this is going to happen, but I got a $100,000 project. It's actually a million-dollar project, and I'm just trying to help with 100000 of it, and I don't know how God's going to do this. I don't show it here, but the home church, our home church, Yelim, is building what will be the largest church in Moldova, in the capital city. They probably have about 300,000 in so far. They got a three-story, three-floor, multi-purpose educational building, 1,000-seat sanctuary, and a, two wings, and a, and, a, and a kind of a foyer area. I mean, it's... It will be a mountain mover, a shaker for Moldova. And I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to jump in with that pastor and say, if God gives me opportunity, somehow God wants to bring somebody, I'll just, I'll believe maybe somebody wants to get behind this and, and bring 100000 to help with this. It will be a transformational church for the whole country of Moldova. Anyway, but this is the main 2020 vision. Now, give me about eight minutes maybe 10, and this is, you're going to, God gave me this message in a taxi. I have a speed light vehicle, I never ride the taxi. One, one morning, we had a Thursday morning meeting with some other colleagues, and we're doing a little study through the book of Acts in the morning, and uh, I just didn't want to deal with traffic. I said, hey, let's just take a taxi. We can like take a taxi for like $3. Western Europe is like probably 50 bucks, but in Moldova, it's like three dollars. I said, "Let's just let's just take a taxi." I just don't want to deal with traffic. And so we get in the taxi. I open my Bible to Acts eight because we're going through Acts, and I didn't read Acts eight. And I thought, "I got ten minutes. I got to quickly read this." So when we get there and we're talking, I kind of look like I know what I'm doing, right? And then I read it. So I open this up, and within like a minute, God gives me this message. And this is right when He's first challenging me with 20 churches in 2020 and scaring me to death. Little did I know how important this little message in the taxi would become. And here's the passage. 
Well, we'll get there in a second. It's, it's verses 4 to 8 of Acts 8. But Acts chapter 1, 8, you know this very well. That you're gonna, the Holy Spirit's going to come right before Jesus ascends. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the utter, uttermost parts of the earth. So we know that verse. Now flip it over on its head. Acts 8, 1, look what happens. Stephen had just been martyred in chapter 7. In Acts 8, 1, the church begins to go to Judea and Samaria. Not the way they planned, not the way they went. They had their board meetings and church growth meetings and went to you know, these different seminars about how they were going to begin to spread out to Judea and Samaria in a whole different way, right? Out of persecution, the church begins to fulfill Acts 1.8. So, very interesting. How many of us thought, God, thought COVID was in our plans for church growth or for church development or for church discipleship or whatever? We were a little bit caught off guard with COVID, right? Do you think God was, though? I don't think so. I think God knew what was happening. And I don't know that we know the whole story on COVID and what God's doing in his church and throughout the world for his kingdom. So anyway, you just got to know that context. The first couple verses, out of persecution, the church is scattered. And you'll read the first couple verses. It says, all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. Saul, who would later be Paul in a couple chapters, Saul began to destroy the church, the church in Jerusalem, the followers of Jesus, of the way. He's destroying the church, going from house to house, dragging both men and women, putting them in prison. This is the KGB before the KGB was. This is Paul, Mr. KGB. So that little context brings us to this passage God gave me in May of 2019, why he's trying to impress this 2020 vision in my mind about 20 churches in 2020, and I'm just kind of my head spinning. But I read these, these verses, and God gives me four ways to pray for the church as it's going and growing. And this applies, you'll see how this applies to our work in Moldova. It's just so easy. But also for you, and I apply this, all of us have our sphere of influence. We have family, we have extended family, we have neighbors, we have colleagues, we have classmates, we have roommates, we have yeah, neighbors, we have employees, employers, whatever. We got all kinds of connections in our world. And these, are, these same four ways are things you can pray. It's very simple for God to begin to help you to reach your friends or family members or for God to begin to work in their lives. For us, it's praying for that new village, that new place we're targeting for a new, new church or a project. But watch this. And again, you've got to understand the context. That's why I told you Acts 1.8, Acts 8.1, Paul, Mr. KGB, or Saul, you know, going out, destroying the church. Then this is the very first passage. Those, first thing, pray for Jesus to be proclaimed. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Preached the word, proclaimed the Messiah. Jesus was the anointed one. Jesus was the resurrected, living, 
Lord and Savior, the long-awaited anointed one. So, Philip, Jerusalem is like in chaos. The church is being destroyed. Paul's going house to house. The believers are scattered. Philip is hiding up in the hills in Samaria somewhere because he doesn't want to get rocks thrown, and he's afraid. No, that's not what's happening. He's preaching and proclaiming Jesus in Samaria. He's doing it in the midst of difficulty. He's doing it without prejudice. Remember John 4, the woman at the well? She looks at Jesus. Why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're, you're a Jewish person. We don't, we don't get along. Well, here's Philip, right in Samaria, preaching and proclaiming Jesus. Wherever they went, all throughout that area, there's no prejudice. What a great word. Jesus, the good news. And here's a little verse in Ephesians. Paul even says this, pray for us, pray for me. Whenever I speak, words can be given me so that I can fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. What if we are praying that for ourselves? What if we're praying, God help me? What if we're waking up and we just have this awareness, God help me to be a witness today. God help me to proclaim you. God help me to preach about you somewhere, to tell somebody about you. And we just kind of head out the door every day and you have your sphere of influence that's going to be all around you throughout the day and you're just... You can pray this to be the witness that God's called you to be. So, of course, we're going to a new village. God, help us to preach and proclaim your son Jesus. You know, that's obvious, right? Oh, that's good for you, missionary Troy, but this is good for you too. <laughs> believer John and believer Mary and Sam. Yes, you pray this too to preach and proclaim. Number two. And watch how these just go, one verse after another. Verse 6. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. Look at the verbs. When they heard, when they saw, they paid close attention. We pray for open minds and hearts. Yes, we're working in Moldova. We're targeting a new village. We're going to Kainar. We're going into Redenivec. God, open minds and hearts. We're praying. We want to preach. We want to proclaim the good news. We want to start a new church. God, I don't know anybody in this village. Can you open minds and hearts? Because there's a lot that are closed. So we just pray. Of course this makes sense, right? We're missionaries going into a new place. But doesn't this make sense for all of us? God, will you just open so-and-so's mind? Will you begin to work in their heart? Can you soften it? Can you work in, in their thoughts and just begin to bring in some transformational thoughts, bring in some truthful thoughts to counter some of the negative thoughts or the misdirected thoughts or the, the lies, or the deception, the way that they think, God, can you work? Can you open minds and hearts? You can see this first. Paul prayed the same thing, that God would open a door. But look at this passage in Acts 17. I love this. Paul is in Athens, Greece. And he's debating some of these Greeks. And the Greeks love knowledge. They just, you can just see them sitting out there in Athens or up by the Acropolis area here. And they're just, and they're all like giving their wise thoughts and their knowledge and thinking things through and giving their ideas. Well, here's Paul, pretty well-studied guy. He can handle himself. And they're talking about the resurrection and what happens to dead people or whatever. Look at When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some sneered, others said, we want to hear you again. 
some became followers. That is, that's a great, that, you can preach that one right there, Gary. Isn't this our experience? Now, in this room, I don't know if some of you, before you became a believer, you sneered, and you cussed, and you talked about those believers, and at work, you gave that, the Christian guy, you gave him, you know, a mouthful every time, and you teased him, and you joked, and you told him he was full of it, and all of this stuff. Maybe you were like that. Maybe you were someone, the first time you heard kind of the gospel message, you it kind of got you thinking. And you'd come back the next week, and you'd talk to that guy and bring another question, and over time, you came along. That was, that was kind of me. Maybe some of you, the first time you heard, man, bang, some of the people became followers. Maybe first time you heard the message, it was time, you were ready, it made sense, and bang, you were in. And these are the same, this is what we encounter today, same type of people, right? They're basically in one of these three camps. And you know what we can do? God knows where all these people are. The ones sneering, the ones who need a little more time, have questions that need to be answered, those that are ready today. We pray for open minds and hearts in our sphere of influence. And we just let God do what God does. When we go into a village and we're going to target a new place, God, will you begin to prepare the soil here? Will you open minds? Will you open hearts? These places I was showing you, people coming, God God did that. It wasn't our fancy puppet ministry. We, we didn't even have a lot of puppets. Maybe some of the church do. It wasn't our fancy singing or this or that. I'm sure we did some things good, loving, serving, blessing our communities, but... God opened minds. God opens hearts. Number three, look at Again, look how this just, can you see how this is an incredible passage for what God was doing? For, with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Pray for God's power to be displayed. And I don't know how God's power will show up on any given day. I believe God can heal physically. I believe God can heal spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I believe God can bring revelational thoughts. God can transform and change a heart and an attitude. And those are all ways that God works outside of my understanding, but God can do it. And so I just pray. Because this is the first passage after the church is going and begins to grow out of persecution. We pray this, we're going into a new village. We want We got a new project. God... We want your power. Come on. Come on with us. We don't want to go in alone. Bring your power. And so we can pray this. We can pray this for those in our sphere of influence. Just pray. Let God's power go to work. Believe God. He can work. You know, the Holy Spirit, he works 24. In Moldova, we say 24, 24. I think here we say 24, 7. There they say 24, 24, just like all day. You know, we go home and sleep. We, we, we had a busy day of ministry. We had a festival, a carnival. We were doing whatever. Ministry, we go home, we're tired, we got to get some rest. But the Holy Spirit is still working. Some of those people who go home, they're thinking about what they saw, what they heard, that song that was sung. And the Holy Spirit's still working. And we're just praying. The mission of God's people is to alert everyone, everywhere, to the reign of God through Christ. As we travel, sometimes we'll go through a town, there'll be a restaurant under new management, might be a new business, under new management. They're saying, come and check us out. Things are different. We're reopening. We got new management. This, this earth, 
this world. We're under new management. Jesus came, and things are done differently. And we're, we're trying to get people to say, come back to the restaurant. Come and check out, you know, the menu again. we got a great chef. Jesus came, and he's running things now, and everything's new, and we got some really good fruit and all kinds of stuff, you know. Anyway, this is an incredible passage. Um, Luke 4.18 one, one thing, just glance at that list, and what I'm sharing with you, this little passage almost lines up with this. The proclaiming, the power of setting people free, the opening of minds and hearts, uh, you know, uh, sight, bringing sight to the blind, the year of the Lord's favor fits perfectly with my last point. It's kind of like this passage and Acts 8, 4 to 8 are like perfect. And if you go home today or this week, read through Acts 8 a couple times, you're going to see my four points repeated in different passages and different stories in Acts 8. It's, it's really unbelievable. Finally, um, last point is verse 8. So from verse 4 and 5, then 6, then 7, then 8, it's just this little passage, pray for great joy. So there was great joy in that city. So we pray to proclaim Jesus. We pray for open minds and hearts. We pray for the power of God to Come along and help us, and we pray for joy. We pray for salvation. We pray for the new life. We pray for God's moving and working. That, that's almost too simple, but it's profound as a passage, isn't it? And, and of course, you can see, you can pray these points for Troy and Heidi and the 2020 vision as they're going back to Moldova, and they're going to be going into these new villages or trying to get new churches started. But you can pray this for your circle of influence. You just pray this and let God go to work and you just make yourself available. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Gary, church, so good to be with you. This is, uh, this is really a special Sunday. We love it. And we love Moldova. And we love what God's doing there. And we're amazed, quite frankly, that and this is such a privilege for us. We have this season right now to be serving God in this capacity as long as he has for us. But we thank God for what he did, but we're excited for what he wants to do as well, and we're just, we're just willing. And uh, you do the same here in, here in Cross Lake and in your area, in your sphere of influence. God bless you. Thank you, Troy, for sharing.